if you don't want to find yourself scrolling through your phone in front of a woman with a big hat in a coffee shop and letting the days pass you by, maybe this is a way of getting a grip. Hello and welcome to Sharp, the podcast where we help you get a little better at the stuff you have to do so you can spend more time doing the stuff you want to do. So now, on with the episode. Hello and welcome to episode 33. I hope you're well and I hope you're having a great morning, evening, afternoon or whatever time of day that you're listening to this. Maybe you're in the car or you're doing some chores or you're exercising. Whatever you're doing, make sure that you'll have a chance to have a look at the show notes after because we've got some great stuff here. Last time, we looked at rewards and motivation for helping you get finished. In this episode, we're going to help you if you can't even get started. Yes, it's anti-crastination. I don't think that's a word, um, but we'll use that for the opposite of procrastination. So, pin back your ears while we enjoy a trip to Manchester, a trip back in time, and we learn how a humble kitchen utensil can be the solution to the problem of getting started. So let's get started. That looked a lot funnier on paper than it sounded in real life. We're going to take a trip, you and I. Let's go and get a coffee. It's half eleven on a cold September morning. You're looking at a queue of customers in a branch of Starbucks. Now, this particular branch is in the city of Manchester, England, UK. Hence, the use of the word queue instead of line. But it could be any Starbucks in any town in any country. It smells of coffee, they're playing coffee jazz, and everyone is smiling about coffee whether they want to or not. About halfway along in this particular queue, there's a fella called Bradley Griffin, and he doesn't like being called Brad. Bradley is a student, and he's dressed pretty much like any other student would be. Skinny jeans, check shirt, canvas shoes, you know the look. And Bradley is fidgety. The queue is taking forever to move on. It's autumn, it's cold, and Brad, sorry, Bradley, wants his coffee. He also wants a pee. But he's in the queue, so the pee will have to wait. Something's going on at the front. Apparently, someone has committed the terrible crime of confusing a request for a venti decaf soy latte with that of a grande almond decaf latte. And this particular latte is apparently called Claire. And you'd think that its soon-to-be owner had just learned that she'd had a car stolen or something. But in reality, it's just a new barista learning the ropes and making a mistake. And she's also learning how impatient people can be. Bradley just wants his caffeine hit, and it feels like he's been queuing for an age. Now, it's interesting to note that this particular phenomenon of queuing for a Starbucks has only been going on in the UK for about 20 years, and in the US for about another 20 years before that. And what you might have done 
to pass the time while you're waiting in the line 20 or 40 years ago was very different to what you might do today. So on that point, back to the scene. Bradley grabs his phone from his jeans pocket. Two new notifications on Twitter, nothing really very exciting. He starts browsing, not much else on Twitter, nothing on Instagram. He decides to check his subreddits and gets engrossed for a few minutes. In the meantime, the queue starts moving. Bradley carries on scrolling and the queue keeps moving. And now there's a gap between Bradley and the trainee barrister who is trying to get Bradley's attention. A woman behind Bradley is wearing a massive straw hat and she's tutting. Bradley looks up from his phone, turns to her face as she nods in the direction of Lucy, the trainee barista. Mm -hmm. Bradley, a little bit embarrassed by having been unaware of what was going on around him, says sorry to the woman, followed by a cheeky... Nice hat. So, a scene probably replicated thousands of times a day, and it might seem like there's nothing really significant here. It's pretty obvious what's happened. Bradley's bored, so instead of being bored, he picks up his device. He moves away from a feeling he doesn't like, boredom, and towards a feeling that he does, clicking or scrolling. And any of us can do that now so easily. 20 years ago, when Starbucks bought 65 branches of the Seattle Coffee Company in the UK, if you were queuing then, you might have been able to send a text message, but that's about it. So what we're looking at here, because this episode isn't about mobile phones or even social media. Well, the point of this scene is to illustrate the ease with which we can move away from something we don't like, in this case boredom, towards something we do, scrolling. But what's more important is the real reason why Bradley is in Starbucks in the first place, and we'll come back to that shortly. Spoiler alert, it wasn't really for the coffee. But now we're going to meet another student in a very different place and at a very different time. We're in 1980s Italy, synonymous with sharp dressing, bustling coffee houses and, depending on your budget, the Ferrari or the Vespa. Specifically, we're in Rome a thousand miles away from Bradley and about 30 years back in time. Rome is a buzzing, vibrant city, full of life, noise and people who became famous for doing everything with a passion turned up to 11. But we're not at the Trevi Fountain or the Colosseum. We're at the University Guido Carli, or to give it its full name, <clears throat> Libera Università Internazionale degli Studi Sociali Guido Carli. I really hope I've got that right. I feel like I mashed it up. Now this university is based near the center of Rome and it's famous for being one of the most important and prestigious institutions of higher education in Italy. But we're not here to look at the buildings. We're here to meet Francesco. It's the late 80s and Francesco looks like any other student did in the late 80s. Skinny jeans, loose fit shirt and canvas shoes. Francesco is studying economics or rather, Francesco is failing to study economics. He's struggling. He's done his first year exams, that excitement's passed on, but now he's stuck. 
Francesco goes to lectures every day. But then he goes home and he just feels like he's wasting his time. He's disheartened. The next batch of exams are coming up and he's slipping. The other students are racing ahead, but when it comes to getting on with work, Francesco just can't get started. He's in a slump. And this is where our two students now reveal what they've got in common. You see, Bradley is in Starbucks because he has the same problem as Francesco. Bradley also studies economics, but at the University of Manchester, and he has a huge piece of work to do, and he's struggling. He can't get started. He can't get himself to just sit at his desk and work. And every time he sits down, he gets overwhelmed by the size of the task and doesn't know where to start. He spent hours doing anything and everything except getting on. A feeling that you might be able to relate to. Bradley has watched TV, he's listened to music, he's even tidied his room up. And now he's gone to Starbucks for a change of scenery because he thinks a triple shot macchiato might inject some energy into his bones because he thinks it might help. So why are we visiting Bradley and Francesco? Well, firstly, to see that they have the same problem that people have the world over. They've got something to do, but for some reason, just can't get on and do it. And we've all been there, a big project, a large task, and instead of starting it, we procrastinate. We put it off. We find something else to do. We read emails. We scroll. We make a cup of tea. We answer the phone. Darling, I'm just recording. It's okay. Are you, where are you? At the airport? All right, well, let me finish this bit and I'll ring you back. I'm just on a bit of a roll at the moment. It's not a problem. I'll talk to you in a bit. Bye. And you all heard that. I could leave that bit in. It's almost like it was planned. It wasn't planned. So, we do anything other than actually get on and work. And we know what we should do, but for some reason, that project, that report, that article, it just gets pushed back and suddenly the day is over. Now, if you listened to the last episode, we talked about ways that you can incentivize yourself to finish things. But if you can't get started, then you can't get finished. This needs a different approach. So what's the solution? Well, we know it's not reading email or scrolling. And we also know that Bradley isn't really solving his problem. He might get a jolt of energy when he gets his triple shot, mocha, chocka, chiato. But we all know that he probably won't sit down and start working. And there's a reason why I definitely know that he won't sit down and work. And that's because Bradley is fictional. I've invented him to illustrate a point. But Francesco isn't. Francesco is a real person. Or to give him his full name, Francesco Cirillo was a student in the late 80s in Italy. He did struggle with getting on with stuff, but he wasn't prepared to just accept this. He decided to work on a solution, and he found one. That's because Francesco Cirillo is the inventor of the Pomodoro technique. Now, you may or may not have heard of the Pomodoro technique, and in a while, we'll look at the technique, see what it is, and how it can work for you. But before we do that, here's an advert from our sponsor.
No, we don't have any sponsors. So if you represent the Tomato Marketing Board or a company that makes mattresses which can fold up into a small box and you'd like to sponsor us, feel free to get in touch. But in the meantime, this podcast remains free of charge at the point of delivery. And all the investment of time and money that I put in is because I want to make it good for you, the listener. And if you agree, I'd really appreciate you telling someone. Do a review on iTunes, share it, you know the stuff. Put that on your to-do list. Share Sharp for Steve. I'd really appreciate it. Have you put it on your to-do list yet? Oh, hang on. Fab. Okay, so back to the subject. How did Francesco develop this idea? Here's Francesco, in his own words, being interviewed by Alessio Giacona. Francesco, che cos'è la Pomodoro Technique? La, la Pomodoro Technique è una tecnica per gestire il tempo. Okay, I get that most of you probably don't speak Italian, and nor do I, which is a shame because this is the only audio I could find. So I'm afraid you're going to have to put up with me explaining how he developed it. Let's get back to the story. We're back in the University Guido Carli in the late 80s. You can tell it's the late 80s because I'm playing some music which sounds like it's from the 80s. But it can't be a record that you know because I don't have a public broadcasting license and I don't want to get into trouble. So play along. It's the late 80s. We're with Francesco and he's working out how he can solve this problem. So he's looking at the other students, what they're doing, and he's comparing it to what he's doing. And he's realising it's the interruptions, the distractions, and his lack of concentration that's the problem. And let's face it, we all have those challenges, don't we? Francesco makes a bet with himself. Can he study in a really focused way for just 10 minutes? He needs something to measure the time. So he goes to the kitchen, and there is a kitchen timer shaped like a tomato. Or rather, the Italian word for tomato Pomodoro. So he starts timing himself, each time winding up the timer or the Pomodoro and seeing how long he can go without stopping. Now it doesn't work at first, Francesco fails on his bet but he realises that he's now got something to focus on. Not just the work at hand, but devising the solution, developing a technique. And he does. He works on the process, he develops it until he's happy with it, and now, years later, his idea is a solution which he very kindly explains in full on his website for you and me to use. So where'd you start? Well, there's a great video on their website which fully explains a technique. Here's a snippet. Pomodoro. This is a Pomodoro timer. This is the Pomodoro Technique. The Pomodoro Technique is a simple yet very effective way to improve your work and study habits. The basic requirement of this technique is to set a kitchen timer to 25 minutes. It's worth watching, obviously after you've listened to the rest of this episode. The idea works on two levels. I'll explain the simple level in this podcast, but if you really want to get into it, 
you can go deeper and of course I'll post all the links to show you where. So here we go. Step one, get the tools, a timer, a piece of paper and a pencil. Cirillo recommends a physical wind-up timer because the act of winding it up shows some intention in starting the process. You can use a timer on your phone if you like, or you haven't got a clockwork tomato. I'll give you a link to some apps that you can use later on. Step two, turn off distractions and be clear on what piece of work you're going to do. Now, if you're working on a big project, I recommend identifying the specific bit that you're going to focus on. But to be honest, it doesn't really matter. Just get something that you can actually do. Step three, set the timer for 25 minutes. Step four, start working. Really focus and just work. Don't worry too much about the quality. Just write, read, revise, just do stuff. You'll have time to edit and amend it and so on later on. During the 25 minutes, if something comes up that could distract you, make a note of it on the piece of paper and carry on working. Step five, when the timer goes off, step away from your work. Go and do something completely different for five minutes. Get up, stretch, walk to a different room, talk to a friend, make a drink. Avoid checking emails and stuff because that's work and you want to clear your mind and not fill it with stuff. Then you repeat the whole process three more times And then at the end of your fourth Pomodoro, you have a longer break, 15 to 20 minutes, again, away from the work areas. And that effectively is the process. So why does it work? Cirillo discovered that 25 minutes seems to be the optimum time for getting enough done, but it not being so long that it feels like you're taking on too much anymore. And the session will feel big and you might start coming up with excuses not to do it. Any less, and you might not get anything meaningful done. And there are a couple of key principles to make it work really well. Here's Lisa and I talking about it at the kitchen table. Well, it looks good, but there are some bits of it which I just don't understand how I'm going to make it work. Okay, what are they? Well, to start with, things don't take exactly 25 minutes to do, do they? Yeah. So if I'm reading a report that might only take 15 minutes. But if I'm putting together a project or a bigger piece of work, that's likely to take days, sometimes longer. Yeah, and this is a really important point. The 25 minutes or the Pomodoro, that's your fixed work unit. Cirillo calls it a work atom. What you actually do in the 25 minutes can vary quite a lot. Yeah, but what if I do finish it in 10 minutes? Now that's fine. So you can then spend some time reviewing what you've done. You can amend it. You can reflect on how well it's gone and so on. All the stuff that we do if we're producing really high quality work, but we're just doing it within the Pomodoro, within the 25 minutes. And if there's more time, then you can move on to something else. What if I'm not going to get the thing finished? Like it's going to take an hour or two hours or longer. Yeah, definitely. I think you've got to do what you can and even just getting started on something's enough. So you can start the project and then when the alarm goes off, you break and then you pick up on the next Pomodoro and so on. It's really important to have the break as well and get away from your work. Psychologically, it makes the 25 minutes feel more manageable. And I was really surprised how quickly that time passes. Okay, but what about interruptions? Because I will not be able to stop people ringing me or sending an email. 
Yes, just stop them. <laughs> I can't just stop them. I wish I could. Tell them not to. <laughs> Say no. Yeah, you, you can't. And the first thing to do is to separate external and internal interruptions. So by internal, they're the kinds of distractions that take your attention away, but they're coming, you know, they're happening inside your head. Each time you think of something that's not related to what you're doing, you just write that down on the bit of paper. That's me writing that down on the bit of paper. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm using the universal sign for the bill to demonstrate to you that I'm writing something down on the Call bit of paper. Me. <laughs> Anyone want a cup of tea? Um, if you think, how many times have you thought of something? Then you've decided to Google it, and before you know it, 30 minutes later, we're researching inflatable unicorn cat hats on eBay or something. Yeah, but it looks really cute on her, so I'm kind of pleased that you did that. Pepper. So that bit's simple, it makes sense to me, but what about external interruptions? So I think for the external stuff, um, the best thing you can do is do what you can to prepare. So making sure that people who might want your attention know when you're in focused work mode. And they'll soon get used to it. I mean, it's, it's not always easy, but with time, people will come to terms with you being in focus mode and they'll understand. Okay, but they'll soon get peed off if you carry on ignoring them. Yeah, obviously. And remember, no one's saying that you you only, you must now only ever work in Pomodoros. You haven't got to fill your day with them. There's some work which doesn't involve you sitting down and being in this sort of focused mode. So the sorts of things that you can't fit into a Pomodoro are things like phone calls, emails, meetings, you know, the everyday stuff. So you'll have to plan your sessions around those. But the things that you can do in a focused or a Pomodoro way are things like writing or planning, reading, reviewing or creating. If you think about it, if the average day is eight hours long and we could set aside eight Pomodoro sessions, which would take four hours, that still keeps half of our working day free for that reactive stuff. How much of your working day at the moment is spent doing really focused work? I, I don't know, it varies. Sometimes it can be the whole day and other times I get non-stop interruptions. Yeah. So imagine if we got into a routine of doing four hours of really focused and productive work every day. Imagine how much difference that can make to our productivity or our performance or even our career. Maybe a thing to do is list the things you can do in a focus mode and what you can't and then split them up and arrange it like that yeah definitely and even if using this approach just forces us to separate those those two different kinds of work the sort of reactive everyday stuff and then the focused you know writing or creating or whatever that's got to be helpful i think so what should we do now <laughs> drink wine yes but it has to be italian wine because this episode has an italian theme so <laughs> We'll have a pizza and some tiramisu. Is tiramisu Italian? Mm, it sounds Italian, yes, doesn't it? Yes, it is. Okay. And some uh, Rioja. And, no, that's Spanish. Rioja Spanish. <laughs> some Chianti. <laughs> donut. No, a donut's not Italian. It's definitely not Italian. Bye. Now, I mentioned that there was some more advanced stuff. The book that Francesco has written on the technique goes into more detail on how to manage your time, how to review your effectiveness, and how to decide what's working well. I'll put a link to the book and, of course, the website into the show notes. But getting started with the basics is the first step. And even if you've heard of the technique but not really used it properly, now's a good time to start. 
I mentioned apps. So if you don't want to buy a mechanical wind-up tomato and you'd rather set a timer on your phone or something, then that's fine. There are some apps that work as Pomodoros and some of them even keep you focused. There's a great guy called, can you believe it? He's also called Francesco, but his name is Francesco D'Alessio. I think I might need to change my name. He's got a YouTube channel that shows you loads of great links to different productivity apps. And I'll put a link to his one on Pomodoros in the show notes. I particularly like the app called Tide because it plays calming music or forest sounds or something for 25 minutes. But the best part of it is that if you pause the session to have a look at Facebook or something, it stops the session so you have to start again. So, if you don't want to find yourself scrolling through your phone in front of a woman with a big hat in a coffee shop and letting the days pass you by, maybe this is a way of getting a grip. There's a lot to learn from our Italian friends, and we've all got stuff we can do better. Even successful people like Howard Schultz have still got the opportunity to grow because at the time of recording, there are over 22,000 branches of Starbucks, but surprisingly, none in Italy. Time for the takeaways. Go to the Francesco Cirillo website, the link is in the show notes, and watch the video. Get a timer, a mechanical one if you can. Get some paper and a pencil. Decide how much of your day is going to be focused work time. Set the timer for 25 minutes. Start working, making a note of interruptions and distractions on your bit of paper so you can come back to them. When the time ends, have a five-minute break, get away from your work, stretch, walk about, make a drink. Then start again. Do it all four times and then have a longer break of about 15 to 20 minutes. Do this for four days. And then on day five, look at how much you've achieved and depending on how well you've done, Celebrate with a triple macchiato, go and buy a big hat, or even book a long weekend in Rome. Ciao! All the links, resource and articles I've used in this episode will be in the show notes right there on your device. Hopefully you'll find them helpful and useful, and hopefully you'll find this whole podcast helpful and useful. I hope you do, and... I do spend a lot of time and effort making sure it's relevant, helpful and entertaining enough for you to listen to. If you agree and you'd like to show your support, there are several ways you can do it. You could go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating or a great review, which would be fab. Alternatively, you can share the podcast on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram. We are at Sharp Podcast, one word, two Ps. Or you could even show someone how to subscribe on their phone or their device. And finally, on the website, sharppodcast.com, you can leave feedback, subscribe, or go and listen to the archive episodes. I'm off. I hope you're able to find one thing before our next episode that you can do, which will help you get better. And remember, don't waste time comparing yourself to anyone else. The only person you should try to be any better than is the person that you were yesterday. Bye-bye. Okay, we're recording now. Hi. This is a recording session for the recording of the recordings. Yes. Yes, hello Lisa, we are at the table.
again. Where am I in? Where am I? What am I saying? Why are we here? Oh yeah, we're here. We're talking about pomodoros. So you've had a look at this. You've had a look at this pomodoro stuff. What do you think? That's not what the script. Says. I know. I'm just freestyling, man. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. Okay, so um. So pause. All right. So you've had a look at some of this poro poro momodo. Have you looked at the poor Amomodos? Yes, I really like it. It's great. There's so much about it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> right, serious.